seventh chapter. We'll begin there tonight. Amen. We have um, we've kind of got <clears throat> a series going within a series, um, we, within a series really. Um, the the overarching umbrella that we're studying under is the uh, the simple truth that faith will flourish in an understanding heart. Faith will flourish in an understanding heart. So the more that we understand um, the things of God, the more we understand the Word of God, um, our faith uh, that, again, lives inside of us, God's given every person the measure of faith, um, it'll, it'll enable that faith within us to flourish. So let me give you a, a simple example of this, okay? Someone who doesn't understand Jesus died for their sins. Someone who doesn't understand that in order to be saved, you simply call upon the name of the Lord to receive salvation, right? If, if That's why it's so important that we tell people this information because if someone doesn't understand it, the faith that God has already given to them to call upon Him and receive it, right, will basically lay dormant in their lives. Now, that's a really simple way of illustrating this, but it's true when it comes to any of the things of God. Um, remember, we... we Faith receives what grace has already given. Faith receives what grace has already given. But if we don't understand, for example, what grace has already given to us, what God has already freely provided for us, it's going to be very, very difficult for our faith to, to flourish in those areas to um, receive those things. Now, in the course of that, we identified a, a, a man that Jesus said had great faith. It, it, it was, a, it was a level of faith that Jesus had rarely seen, and it, and it caused Jesus to marvel. Now, we see both ends of that spectrum. In the scriptures, we see Jesus marveling at people's unbelief. I mean, where he's just like, I can't believe that your heart is so hardened and that you, you can't believe these things that you're seeing and hearing, okay? Um, but the other end of that spectrum, um, that was rarefied air. In, in the Gospels, we only find two people. Um, and both of them, ironically enough, um, were non-Jewish. Uh, it was a, a Roman centurion and a, um, a Syrian woman from Phoenicia. She's often referred to as the Syrophoenician woman. Okay, and so Syrophoenician, Syria, Phoenicia. Okay, and and so those were the two people that Jesus didn't marvel at their unbelief, but he marveled at their level of faith, at their display um, of faith. And so the question then is, what is it that this centurion understood um, that, that caused his faith to flourish in such a way? All right? And so what we've learned is that he understood the importance of asking. There are other things that he understood. We're not going to try to review all of that. But he understood the importance of asking. I'm going to say that again because it, don't let the simplicity of it sail over your head. The centurion understood the importance of asking. We have no indication that Jesus was going to go to this man's house and heal the centurion's servant. The reason the centurion's servant was healed is because the centurion put forth the effort to ask. Now, in the book of James, we won't turn there, stay in Matthew 7. In the book of James, we see clearly... The Bible says it this plainly. Are you ready? You have not, you do not have, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you 
ask not. All right? So in Matthew chapter 5, um, we see, um, maybe it's 6, 5, 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount. We see where um, Jesus says to us that Father knows, Matthew 6, thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that Father already knows what you need before you ask. Now, if, if the sermon ended there, it would leave you with the impression that there's no need to ask. But in the very next chapter, Jesus explains to us the importance of asking. Okay? And so let me, uh, let me show you those verses right quick. Matthew chapter 7, uh, beginning at verse number 7. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. So this is after he said, Father knows what you need before you ask. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So notice, not some people who ask. See, this is, I want you to notice, and, and uh, I don't know if I get into this tonight or not, but Man, the Holy Spirit really helped me today um, because he was showing me some areas of my understanding and thinking that needed to be tweaked and adjusted. Amen. And I, I'm asking him to help me with that, asking him to show me these things, okay? Um, but you see, a lot of people understand that, you know, it, it kind of goes this way. A whole bunch of people ask, but only a few people get an answer. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So again, we see five verses and one word used in each of those verses. That's the word ask. So clearly Jesus is emphasizing in in this passage the importance, the necessity of asking. Now, last week, we kind of took a little bit of a side journey, and, and I know that if I'm not careful, we'll spend the rest of our time going back down that road. I don't want to do that tonight, um, because we even commented a little bit on this on Sunday, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit's breathing on this right now for us. But the title of last Wednesday night's sermon was, Why Ask? In other words, if asking is so important, why is it so important? And we see that Father knows what you need, and He knows what you want, but He still wants you to ask, because He wants you to spend time communicating with Him. Now, if we could kind of step back a little bit further from all of this, what you have to understand is that when Father God created you, He created you in His image and His likeness, because he desires to have fellowship with you. He desires to have relationship with you. He desires to have something called communion with you, a common union with you. This is why he created you just a little bit lower, the scripture says, than himself. Um, I've used this as a, as a simple way to illustrate this. We, a lot of you know we have a, a, a little Yorkshire terrier uh, named Colonel. And, um, and he has become a very important part of our family. I tell that little puppy all the time when I talk to him that the same God that created me created him. And, um, and he's a smart little fella, okay? And I have some type of, some level of relationship with him. 
but it's limited because, you know, again, we can't sit down and, and talk about our day because all he knows how to do is kind of look at me funny or, you know, I mean, he can, he can, now, I'm not, please, I'm not trying to say he can't communicate. He can communicate. If he wants something, he'll let you know it. If he's ready to go to bed and, and he's, I don't, he's getting older, he's 14, and, and so I'm not kidding you, he gets ready to go to bed about 8.45 and he puts on a show. He, he jumps off the sofa. He goes and gets a toy. He throws it up in the air. He runs around it. He grabs it. He puts his paws down like that. Then he stands up within his mouth. And if we say bed, he takes off for the bedroom. Okay? So I'm not trying to say he doesn't know how to communicate. Right? But compare the ability I have to relate to and have fellowship with um, Colonel, my puppy, to the ability that I have to communicate with and fellowship with my son, John Mark. You see, they're on a different level, and because they're on a different level, John Mark's intelligence, John Mark is like me. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It gives me the ability to, to have a much deeper and much more personal and intimate relationship with him. So this is why God even created you and me the way that he created us in his image and in his likeness so that we could be loved by him and that we could return love back to him so that we could know him and he could know us so that he could speak to us and talk to us and we could talk to him so you were created listen to me now to have relationship fellowship common union with him but also you were created the bible says to be a co-laborer together with him a co-laborer. What does that mean? It means a partner. Think of a business partner. Think of a partnership. You see, Father God has plans for this planet. Father God has a design and, and, an, and an end, amen, in mind um, for, for this planet and, and for his kingdom and its functioning on this planet. And he created you and me to work together with him to see the fulfillment of his heart's desire for the people that he loves here on this planet. I like to say it this way. When God created you, He didn't create you because He was looking for something else or somebody else to rule over. When He created you, He created you and me to rule through us, not over us. He created us to rule and reign alongside Him. So let me say it another way. Jesus, um, when He was young even, He began to realize, as a, as a man, I mean, on the earth, He began to realize um, that he had a plan and a purpose and, and he even told his mom and dad that he had to be about his father's business. See, it's a family business and we're a part of the family. And so we're now in the family business. Okay, so I've used the word a couple of times. It's not a trick question. What is the lifeblood for any relationship? Thank you, sir. Communication is the lifeblood of any relationship. Now, you, you know, someone might be, uh, you know, tempted to say, well, love is the lifeblood of any relationship. Well, love is certainly important, okay? But, um, you know, how many of you uh, in here, you know, your spouse, um, you know, <laughs> is uncomfortable expressing their love, communicating their love for you, right? Sometimes men have an issue with this. You know, it's like, uh, you know, somebody tells them, I love you, and they go, oh, yeah, me too. You know, um, 
you know, so in other words, you can have love. Um, I, I have a I have a friend in high school, and I, I y'all just I need to follow through on this, and I keep trying to figure out how to do it. I, he's he's not I can't find him on Facebook, and so I don't really know how. Lord's going to help me, but I've had three dreams about my friend, and and um, we were very very close, and um, and we've lost touch with one another. Thing everybody says they're not going to do. We we. You know, we, we haven't done, you know, we've, in other words, we haven't stayed in, in contact with one another. It's been years now. Um, and I, I've I had two, like, I'm talking about real dreams. Like, you know I'm talking about when I'm saying a real dream. I mean, it's like very real, in other words. I don't mean like, anyway. The third one, the third dream I had about my friend, I'm telling him about the first two. I'm like, dude. I am so glad we finally got to talk because I've had two dreams. I'm saying in the dream, I'm telling you about the other two dreams. Okay. It's some movie about that, right? Inception or something. No, I'm kidding. All right. Um, so notice now, I, I, I still uh, love my brother. I, I'm, I'm still thankful for him. Um, I think about him often. Okay. But we haven't spoken <laughs> in years. In years. So the lifeblood of any relationship is communication. Um, I've done heaps and heaps and heaps of marriage counseling over the years. And, and not every time, but most of the time, when a husband and a wife are having issues, it's, it's going to all come back to an inability to effectively communicate. And so they're having issues in their marriage because they're having issues communicating with one another. And then things develop and, and a lot of water goes under the bridge and a lot of baggage goes under the rug and we sweep stuff under the rug and, and, and you know, we wind up at, in the later stages of, of, a, of a marriage, 10, 15, 20 years into a marriage, what have you. And, um, and now every time a husband and a wife try to communicate with that kind of tension, it winds up being an argument. And, and, and so a lot of times that's what I tell people when in, in marriage counseling you know, think of me as the guy with a whistle and a, and a black and white striped shirt on. I'm the referee here, and I'm going to keep you from, you know, spiraling down into an argument so that we can actually make some progress and communicate and work through whatever issues need to be worked through. So communication, let's go back to it then. Communication is the lifeblood of any relationship, and you were created to have a relationship with Father God. He could have, as I said last week, he could have set it up to where everything you needed just automatically manifested in your life. Anytime you had a need, it was right there, okay? But that would have left a very important component out of your life, and that's having to go to him, having to communicate with him, having to work together with him. Are you with me? The other issues that a lot of couples have in their marriage, it has to do with money. It has to do with finances. And so, again, notice being able to communicate over finances. Being, you know, finance is just a microcosm of the whole thing. You've you, you got to communicate to make financial decisions. You've got to come to agreement. You've got to willing to, uh, you know, one party's got to be willing to uh, compromise for the other and back and forth and all these other things. Okay. So notice provision is, is, is the point that I'm trying to make here. So provision is such an important part of our lives that, and, and Father is the source of our provision. And so we see then the importance of communicating with Him and developing in that relationship with Him. And so notice now, um, the more you get to know Him, the more your faith grows in Him. 
the, the, the more you talk to him about things and, and the more you ask him for things and the more you recognize his hand in your life meeting those needs, this is how you grow in your, in your trust. This is how you, uh, you know, learn to depend upon him, look to him, acknowledge him, recognize him, remember him, all, all of these uh, much more important things. I, I, I don't mean to trivialize, especially if you're here tonight and, and you have some pretty big needs in your life, financial or otherwise, um, family otherwise, or, or some things that you really desire. And I'm not trying to minimize or trivialize or frustrate you when I say this, but God is not just rich. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, to, to call God rich is, is, um, is like the understatement of, of the century, okay? In other words, what you need is... I'm choosing my words carefully. When I say it's nothing to him, I'm not saying it's not important to him. I'm just saying he's got it. Are you? Are you, are you understand? It's not like he's going. Well, you know, son, I'd really like to help you, but it's you know, it's kind of been tight. I mean, COVID's affected me. I mean, it's got angels out of work up here and stuff. I, you know, it's in other words, he's not a man. Remember, remember that sermon bill winston kind of inspired us on that one he, he's god's not a man we kind of tend to think of him as as a, as a man he's not a man he has unlimited resources and 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 him supplying your need doesn't mean somebody else is going to have to go without see that's another thing we we kind of think of you know it's like well you know if 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 god was to give me a car somebody else is going to have to go without a car no 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 see he's got cars for everybody houses for everybody he, all of that amen amen thank you for that amen that's 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 legitimate there so it's 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 not about the the cost of something it's it's not about um you know you earning it or needing it or wanting it bad enough it's none of that it it's about you Knowing him and learning to trust him and, and, and establishing that kind of communication uh, with him. Are you following me? Go to the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread, right? So that, so that we recognize and, and, and go to him for um, everything, praise God, everything that uh, we need. Now, let me... Um, couple of different directions we could go here. Um, so let, let, me, let me make this point right here and then we'll move forward. God created us with the ability to experience needs and have desires so he could meet those needs and fulfill those desires. He wants to be that to you in your life. Now, don't, don't shout it out, okay? But just, I want, I want to ask you, I'm talking about just as straight up a question is I can ask you, okay? And maybe some of you have an answer to this. Um, maybe some of you don't, all right? But, but here is the simple question, okay? What are you asking for? What, what, what is it that you are asking for? What is it that you've asked God for and believing that you've received and hasn't yet... Brother Keith Moore, I, I, I mention him a lot. I think it's kind of interesting. I, I mention him the way he mentions Brother Hagin, you know. And um, I'm thankful for Brother Hagin. Don't misunderstand me. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot from that brother. Um, but I'm, I guess I'm in that next generation of 
of folks that, um, you know, Brother Hagin's in heaven, but Keith Moore, who worked under Brother Hagin and ministered with him, alongside of him for many, many years. And um, he was talking about something that he and his wife do. They, at, towards the end of each year, they um, sit down with uh, two pieces of paper and they, and they write down different projects and things that, um, you know, the Lord has done and, and they're careful to give thanks for that. Then they take another and make another list of the things like in their churches that they pastor and different things that they're believing God for, asking God for, um, you know, kind of like a dream list, vision list, goal setting, that kind of thing. We said, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, they had finished that project up and they were, had prayed over it and were fixing to, to quit, uh, and, you know, move on to something else. He said, the Lord just stopped him. He said, I want you to get out another clean sheet of paper got out the clean sheet of paper he said now i want you to make a list of things that you would like to have and your wife his wife's phyllis that you and phyllis would like to have if money were no object if money were no object to you you do understand money is no object to god if money were no object to you make a list of things that you would like to have. And so he said they started with the list and he said he said they would you know come to something on the list and they would talk about oh but that in other words they kept bringing up how much something cost and the Lord would remind them I didn't say if it, if how much it cost if money were no object what would be on the list. So he said the first thing the Lord was teaching him from that exercise was how much they thought about the cost of a thing as to whether or not they would want a thing, okay? But then the second thing, and he said this was really the most profound part of it all. He said after working really hard at that for some time, he said their list was pitiful. He said we, we really couldn't come up with, with anything. Now remember, what does he say? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. See, we, we set the bar by what we ask and what we think. And he realized that in his life, um, the bar was being set really low by him. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go back to it now. What are you asking God for? What have you asked him for? He says you have not because you ask not. He says ask and you receive and everyone who asks receive. We know that he knows what we want and I believe he knows what, I mean, we know that he knows what we need and I believe he also knows what we want. But again, there is the importance of asking. What have you asked him for? Are you asking him for anything? Because you have not because you ask not. And it's funny, we've been talking about this, you know, obviously I had vacation and youth camp, but we've been talking about this now for over a month. What are you asking him for? What, what is it that, you're, that you are, 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 are requesting God to do in your life? What, what, what demand are you placing, not upon God, we don't demand of God, but what demand are you placing upon the covenant that Jesus paid such a high price for you to have and experience and enjoy in your life? Now, here is, 
here's the one thing, and maybe this isn't a big deal for you, but it's a big deal for me, okay? Father God enjoys giving you the things you need and want. He enjoys that. See, I think sometimes, because notice what we do um, when we need somebody to help us or we need somebody to do something for us. How many times have we began the request by saying, I hate to ask, or this one's even more serious, okay? I hate to bother you. See? I hate, what'd you say, put you out, right? I hate to put you out. I hate to ask. I hate to bother you. Now, have you ever had someone come to you that needed help and they began by saying to you, I hate to ask or I hate to bother you? Okay. Notice now, they're, they're trying to project something onto you that's actually an issue in them. Are you seeing this? They're trying to act like you're the one that doesn't want to help when actually they're the one that's not wanting to ask. Are you, are you seeing this, right? In other words, you're sitting there going, you know, it, it's not a bother. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help. I, you know, um, I'm not trying to make you nervous about asking Pastor Mark for help, but please, you don't have to begin with, I hate to bother you. It's not a bother. It's, it's actually something that I enjoy doing. So think about it now. So somebody asks you, they begin, I hate to ask, I, 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 I hate to bother you, and they're asking you to do something that not only you uh, are more than willing to do, you actually enjoy doing it. You're good at it. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's roll up our sleeves and get busy. But, but the, the reluctance on our part, see, now we're, we're trying to project that over. And so we do the same thing with God. See, we, we, we come to him and we project onto him, you know, I, I hate to ask, I, you know, what would you say, man, put you out, I don't want to be a bother, and all those other things. See, this is revealing to us that we don't really understand who he is and what he's like. Notice now, what, is this, what does this go back to in our hearts? It goes back to understanding. See, when we understand Father God enjoys giving us the things that we need and want. See, go back, go back to it now. Any parent in the room, as parents, do we not enjoy giving to our children not just the things that they need, but the things that they want? I'm, I'm obviously you know, glad Bethany's you know, feeling better, heard from them before church this evening, and, and so, so praise God. Um, and not to trivialize this, I mean, obviously, she, you know, she's almost nine months pregnant and all that stuff, you know. Um, but I, I had a prize for my grandson sitting there on my desk. I'm a little bummed out because, um, see, he likes cars, but he likes car haulers, okay? He's, he's, he's advanced, okay? I know mean, he's my kid. He's my grandson. But he's, he, see. And so he has these, like, little toy tow trucks and he wants, to, he wants the Hot Wheel car to hook onto the back of the tow truck. 
but he's not made to do that. And he'll sit there, I mean, he will sit there and try and try and try and try and try, right? So let me tell you what Gendaddy did, all right? Gendaddy went on Amazon and I found a tow truck that's got a magnet in the back and a car that's got a magnet in the front, right? All right, and so now we're going to get the tow truck around the kitchen. And so it's on my desk. I wanted to give it to him tonight. He's not here, he's not here for me to give it to him. Notice now, it's not like, oh, that kid is bugging me. He didn't even ask, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make is I, I'm actually excited about giving this to him. Does he need it? Absolutely not does not need it he's going to love it you're right he is going to just i mean he is going to just be over the moon about it right so now now so here's a simple question where does that in me come from it comes from being created in the image and likeness of god you see the god who created me gets that same kind of thrill and that same kind of excitement out of giving things to us and, and doing things for us, right? But now, listen, I, I can do this, and I probably will. Uh, Sister Pam will go and, and, and take care of him tomorrow. Um, and uh, I've got a full day tomorrow, so I won't be able to, to see him tomorrow. Um, uh, so I'll probably send the tow truck with her. Probably not, right? Why? Because I want to be there when he sees it, right? I want to, I want to, I, I, is it selfish? I want him to know it came from granddaddy. I want him to, I, you following me, right? See, in other words, it, it'd be like me just, it'd be like, you know, about two in the morning, just slipping up there and putting it between the front door and the, and the screen and driving off and him just finding it, right? No, no, see, there's, there's relationship there. There's communication there. I want him to understand that, that, that his granddaddy and, and Pam Pam love him and, and that, that we recognize things that he likes and enjoys and we want to be a blessing uh, to him. Are you, are, you, are you following? In other words, it's, it's part of the, the relationship that, 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 that's being built and established. Father God enjoys giving you the things you need and want. You're not a bother to him. Let me... Um, let me show you this in a, in a few different verses, okay? This one right here just uh, states it so clearly. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 32. Luke 12 and 32. It says this, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Um, <clears throat> getting a little bit ahead of myself, but... In some of these verses that we're going to look at tonight and then um, get to some of the rest of them next week, we see that there is this connection um, between um, fear, uh, worry, anxiety, or just designer forms of, of fear. Um, so, for instance, how about this one? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication make your request known to God see one of the reasons we have such anxiety and worry and stress and fear in our lives is because we don't know how to ask God for the answers that we need Are you, 
we don't know how to cast the care of those things as the scriptures tell us to over on him by asking him for the help that we need for asking him and then trusting him that he's helping us in these areas are you are you following this right so the so the, the more you ask the more you talk to him that's why i'll tell anybody to listen to me talk to god about everything Talk to your Heavenly Father about everything. Talk to your Heavenly Father about everything. Every detail of your life, talk to Him about it. Communicate with Him. Ask Him about it. Tell Him about it. Don't hide it from Him. Talk to Him. Tell Him. Talk to Him. Tell Him. Okay? It's very, very important that we do this, that we develop this, right? See, as... So watch this now. I asked you a moment ago, what are you asking God for? Now, I've, not to, to embarrass John Mark, okay, but he's probably already got a Christmas list for this coming Christmas. Okay, it's just the fact that, that um, Bethany and John Mark um, both came from, you know, me and Pam, and them to be as different as they are, that's one of the most fascinating things. Um, that's why I'm so interested in, you know, Samuel, you know, just how, what he's going to be like, his personality, how different he's going to be from my first grandson, Oliver. And um, so Bethany's just the opposite. Bethany, what you want for Christmas? Oh, I don't know, Dad. You know, it's whatever. John Mark, what you want for Christmas? Ten minutes later, my phone dings, right? It's a, it's a, it's a whole list, right? You know. Right? Okay. So... <clears throat> what what do you want for Christmas? What do you what do you want for your birthday? See, we we have a hard time even answering that question, friends and family. Now, part of that is just because we're so blessed. Are you with me? Am I losing you tonight? Can I, a few more minutes, and then we'll, we'll finish up. Um, this family of faith, and of course, others that participated, really blessed Jake and Bethany on Sunday. Um, it, it was. It was amazing um, the amount of stuff, amen, um, that they received at the baby tea on Sunday. And um, so <clears throat> Pastor Rick asked Jake, he says, he says, um, Jake, do y'all, do y'all even have room for all this stuff? And Jake says, not please this was no there was no pride in this it was tear-filled eyes he said you know pastor rick we really don't he said but we've lived in abundance for so long that we've learned what to do see amen it's (laughs) see some folks don't know what to do with abundance you you follow i'm saying because they've never had any never experienced we've lived in abundance so long we we know how to handle it we know we know what to do with it and I'm sure what some of that means is they'll probably sow some of that to other families and stuff. I mean, you know, but um, so when we stand with me, praise God, I'm, I'm trying to finish here. Thank you, Jesus. I was going somewhere with that and uh, I got emotional about it and it kind of lost my train of thought. It's, um, it's Father's good pleasure. Let's just, let's just land it here. It's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom it's probably pretty obvious, but good pleasure means to be well-pleased, to think it good, 
Good pleasure speaks of a willingness and freedom of intention or resolve. Let me give you that same verse in a couple of other translations and we'll pray. The New Living Translation. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness. It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. The Passion Translation. So don't ever be afraid, dearest friends. Your loving Father joyously gives you His kingdom realm with all its promises. With all its promises. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank You tonight that You are a giver, You're a generous giver. You enjoy giving good things to Your children. And yet, Father, our asking is so very, very important. So I thank you, Father, tonight that you are even helping us not just to understand the importance of asking, but, Father, that you're even showing us things to ask you for. I thank you, Father, tonight that that the fear and the anxiety and the stress and the worry that has been weighing heavily on, upon some of the people that are listening to me right now, Father, that you're showing us the practical way to combat that, the, the practical way to come against that. And it's to talk to you about it. It's, it's to present the request to you. It's to make the petition known. It's to trust you and roll the care of it over on you and, and know, Father, that Whatever we ask for, we receive from you. Father, I thank you for loving us the way that you do. I thank you for creating us the way that you created us. And I thank you, Father, for helping us see not just the smaller details of our individual needs and desires, but the bigger picture of communicating with you, talking to you, making our requests known to you. And Father, I thank you that that we are already experiencing um, breakthroughs in our lives and in situations, Lord. And um, so we're going to ask and we're going to keep on asking. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. I certainly wouldn't embarrass our sister, but we had a, a, a sister last Wednesday night that asked for healing and, um, and received it. Amen. And so we, we love you, sister. And, uh, and God, is, God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. All right, you be blessed. Thank you for being, you know, I did not mention this, but next Wednesday night will be our first discipleship class for the 2021-2022 school year. So uh, make a note of that, 5 o'clock next Wednesday right here at Heritage. And so if you're going to be a part of that, we'd love for you to be. If you're not going to be a part of it, we ask you to pray um, over those classes and the people that will be in attendance. And um, we're just believing for a great year. Um, of discipleship uh, learning together. Amen. You be blessed. I'll see some of you in the morning, some of you on Sunday. Um, good things for you and yours.